If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey! What's up? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You, me, and a poltergeist. You, me, and a poltergeist! We are that boy and girl who talk about the spooky world. Mm. Very good. Thanks, I just came up with it. And we are in the midst of the third battle between Priscilla and Molly on the podcast. Priscilla's got her tail flicking, ears are back, Molly is Oh, she storms. strikes. Oh, she strikes, oh, she, she goes, goes for the, the neck. neck. <laughs> Molly retreats. She is not about this smoke. She sits down. Priscilla looks around. Is that the end of the round, or will one strike again? No, nah, Priscilla's oh, Priscilla going goes back, for the leg. back in for the neck. Oh, my God. Molly, Molly goes for the ears. Molly bites back. Oh, Priscilla Molly. Priscilla hits both hands, left hook, right hook. Molly ripped off her face. Oh my god! <laughs> After the vet, <laughs> yeah, a billion dollar cat <laughs> pet bill. Molly goes for the butt. Oh my god, Molly, that's such a dick move. Wait until Priscilla turned around to fucking grab her ankle. <laughs> oh my god, we're really going Priscilla's at it. Priscilla's going in with all four paws. Back anyway, leg kicking Molly in the. While this is going on, babe, what's new? What's new? I got a job. How about yeah. I say that? The last podcast? No, I got a job. Applause, applause. Well so done. Only two months out of work. Stop, stop. Which smash. is probably better than what a lot of people are going to be for the next couple months. Oh, 100%. 100%. But, um, I know, like, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Uh, I know it's bad that everyone has kind of like a, a good hundred, couple hundred thousand people have like lost their jobs because of COVID nineteen. Some would say it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, oh my god, I I'm not laughing at that. But the people that were mean to me at my previous workplace. <laughs> Are y'all out of work now? How's it feel? You can't go in. How's it fucking feel? <sighs> I think Belinda's experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> You're evil in a way, but at the same time I but get no, no, it because no. they were pretty nasty. But now they get it. Once, Once their annual leave money runs out gonna happen then bitch i feel like you're speaking to 95 percent of our listeners right now <laughs> no, no, as no, well no. i'm not talking to them i feel terrible absolutely terrible for the other like 98 but the people of that were mean that the, have lost their jobs. the two or three people that were mean to you fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and now you're being all like oh no when am i ever gonna when am i when's my next shift when am i gonna go back to work 
thank you for finally realizing how you made me feel. <laughs> we don't mean any offense, and we're very sorry to everyone else who has lost their jobs. Belinda's like just venting, venting her it's annoyance. Like three, five people. Three, five, eight, twelve people. <laughs> Half the fucking beep group. <laughs> that fucked me over. Okay. You, just, you were just doing some self-censoring. Yeah. It's important to practice nowadays. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will self-censor the company name, but nothing else. No, what's going on in the world? Congrats on getting terrible, a job. But yeah, just horrible. Just to those couple Hope of people. you're all safe. Yeah, you know how I feel. Congrats on getting a job. Thanks, babe. Uh, we hope everyone out there is safe. Mm-hmm. Washing and your hands. Keeping your distance. 1.5 metres or 6 feet. I think it's 2 metres now. No, that's too much. I went to the shops yesterday and they had a diagram on the ground with a 2 metre sign and oh, said maybe. 2 metres apart. They're like, you know what, let's just take it one step further. The cat's patting the water. Yeah, well, you know, it's fun to stand in water sometimes. Anyways, people walking, people are very, very paranoid, which is fair to understand. And when I was in the shops, I went to walk down an aisle to buy a non-sponsor um, of the podcast, unofficial sponsor, uh, Quest Protein Cookie, which is also gluten-free. Um, and someone was walking down the other way, and they saw me walking in that direction, and they looked at me, like did a <laughs> little breath of like, oh, shit. Hold my breath. And then they just turned around and walked away. Oh, my God. Like, they definitely needed no, to go down that aisle. We also did that the other day, too, though, because there was, like, five people in an aisle, and we're like... Ugh. And they were all crammed within, like, a space of, like, a metre. Yeah. And they were just, like, rubbing let's, butts. Let's just go find a loofah. Yeah, we, we didn't don't... even find a loofah. No, we had another store for a That's loofah. It. For a fucking loofah. Woolies was sold out of loofahs. Nah. Can you fucking believe that? Who's stockpiling loofahs out there? <laughs> well, when you can't buy toilet paper, you get a loofah. When you, yeah. when you need to wipe your ass and exfoliate. <laughs> you got to keep it clean, don't you? <laughs> That's it. Hey, hey. hey food's going to be scarce, so you got to be eating ass <laughs> during, the, during the apocalypse. <laughs> Again, all in good fun. We're not making no, yeah. Um, I mean, fun of the situation. We're just, just how trying we to make life relieve some tension. <laughs> yeah, relieve some tension. We're all thinking it. We'll just say it. <laughs> Deal with the consequences later. <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. Um. Second episode, episode fifty-one. Oh, almost up to a full year of podcasting. I know, one episode off a full year of podcasting. Uh, pretty good. We've done 52 episodes, well, we would have done 52 episodes in a row to next week. Yeah. How cool is that? That's insane. I know. We've been doing this that many times. Consistency is not usually our... <laughs> Thing. No, we never follow through with projects. <laughs> and I mean, we, I never follow through pro- with I'm projects. I'm fairly about the same as well. And we do often delay the recording until the last possible moment. We were supposed to record Saturday. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were like, oh, we'll record on Saturday just because, you know, get it out of the way. And then we didn't do it on Saturday. Well, we didn't even do our research on Saturday. 
And then I was like, Brayden went and helped his friend move houses, which, by the way, I would have helped if Brayden had told me that you needed extra hands. I would have come and helped if you listen in. <laughs> but at the same time, if you, you if you came, I wouldn't have been able to fit as many things in my awesome vehicle. I've got a lap. Uh, I was talking about, like, really big things. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> yes, I couldn't have fit my giant cock in the seat next to me if you were sitting there. <laughs> Babe, I know that you've got to have it out. Yeah, well, how else am I going to have it? How else are you going to drive? Big. It's just in the way of your It'll legs. flop down, hit the pedals. That's right. You can't be braking when you're supposed to be accelerating. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. What were we saying? I can't remember. Now all I'm imagining is... Uh, Oh, yeah. Fire hose cock. <laughs> so I, I did my research while you were out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I thought you'd already done yours. So I was like, oh, cool. We can just record when you get home. Mm. And he hadn't even done his. Not yet. I'd thought about it. I've really had hard. mine. I've been thinking of mine for. Belinda's been for a hinting while. that I'm going to love her topic for the last week, I think. So get excited. I'm going first, though. Shall I start? Uh, yeah. yeah. Why not? We're about eight minutes in. <laughs> That's enough intro. Yeah, that'll do. Everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. Thank you, patrons. Oh, yeah. Well, today we are brought to you by our fantastic patrons over at www.patreon.com slash you mean a podcast. Belinda is our own patron. Um, yeah, thank you so much. You help the world go round. That you do. Anyways, today... Since we watched a fairly awesome new horror movie, I believe it's fairly new, on Netflix the other day called Annabelle Coming Come Home. Yeah, comes home, comes home, something like that. She's uh, coming. Yeah, home to haunt you. Uh, and it's rather interesting. It delves into the Warrens and a lot of their items that they had stored mm. at their home and blessed. And one in particular I was rather interested in, and one entity that shows in the movie itself, and apparently has been sort of lined up for the next Conjuring series, like, not spoilers, but like, potential... Go ahead. Is it the fairy man? It's not the fairy man. Damn it! That was a really cool one. Yeah. It's the werewolf. Oh! Oh! I should say... Black Shuck. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't thought I think we were going to make one out of that. I feel like there's a few werewolf movies out there. Yeah. Well, it's not really a werewolf. And, and we'll, we'll get like into a that. Poltergeist entity. Not poltergeist. It's something. It's a He's whole. Entity it's, it's its whole kind of entity. Oh. Yeah. And like they are very, very entity. common in England and Britain in particular because of a certain thing What's that, that I believe. Song? Werewolf of London. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't is think that, that. Is that Vampires of London? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, come on! Someone give me something. Anyway, so, so uh, we actually talked about a creature sort of similar-ish in our Skinwalker episode, where we talked about that large direwolf that was oh, on the yeah. property, which sort of had similar kind of uh, aspects to it. Yeah, it's Werewolves of London. It's a song by Warren uh, Zeven. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so it sort of had similar aspects to what we're going to be talking about today. A black dog 
or a hellhound or black shuck. There's so many different kinds of names for it, but mainly each of the different names refers to a particular entity within the British Isles. So... You say the name Hellhound and a bunch of things probably come to mind, particularly maybe the image of Cerberus from Greek mythology that is said to guard the realm of Hades or Hades. Uh, this giant three-headed dog was said to guard the gates into Hades, but its main purpose was to prevent the dead from escaping once their souls were within. And this mythology is actually not far from a lot of the black dog uh, mythology surrounding it for the rest of the world so yeah in general these horrific entities usually appear to be much larger than regular dogs sometimes as large as horses as we found in that uh, skin well in the movie and the skinwalker ranch episode where the wolf was as large as a horse it's insane eh yeah uh so yeah, in general, these horrific dog entities appear much. Oh, that's what I just said. Are uh, they coated in matted black fur, have red glowing eyes, and are usually followed by a ghostly mist? Are able to turn into a mist themselves, or run along a carpet of mist in the air? Yeah, that makes sense. In the movie, it was it got all foggy. Hey. Yeah, it got all foggy, which is probably where, uh, obviously, they portrayed that fact in the movie itself yeah that's awesome yeah go and watch the movie it's really awesome so the most commonly accepted law about these ghosts is that they usually are a portent of death and if you gaze into the eyes of a black dog for more than oh sorry more than three times it will undoubtedly spell your end so i actually have seen a ghost show like when i was like 10 years old and it scared the shit out of me and like made me scared of black dogs for so long because these people were, like, driving their car or whatever. I think it was, like, a you know how they add mm. things to ghost shows to make them more interesting. But they're, like, had this dog jump up on the car and stare through the thing at them. And it had, like... They must have, like, put in red eyes or something <laughs> in the post-production. But they were like, oh, my God, don't stare into its eyes. It'll kill you. And everyone's, like, closing their eyes. And I was like... What the fuck? I'm never looking at a black dog in the eyes again. That makes sense why you're so, um, when Dudley came over into the yard, you were like, oh, I don't want to touch you. <laughs> yeah, Dudley's the, our neighbor's dog. The neighbor's dog. Black border collie. That's been jumping at the fence. Managed to get into our yard, but he's so lovely. He's a gorgeous doggo. I mean, I was just being hesitant to the point where he's it's in our yard. We don't know the dog. And you were just walking outside to go get it. It's really large. Like, it's and fairly large. And I'm just large. like, hey, Dudley, come here. It could have killed you. And I was like, Am hesitant. Dead? Well, the only reason I went outside was because you went outside so I could tackle it if it started biting you. God knows I wouldn't have been able to do shit and we both would be dead now. If it was a hellhound. <laughs> yeah, lucky, he's not luck, the size of a luckily horse. Luckily, it wasn't. Yeah, luckily it wasn't He's a, a big dog, but not a horse. Not a horse, yeah. That's for sure. So, yeah, sometimes these dogs are actually described as being manifestations of Satan himself coming to shed fear and terrorize those who it comes in contact with. Yeah. And many other times they're portrayed more like Cerberus, uh, guarding over locations that house the dead, such as churches and graveyards. Mm. Yeah. Other, uh, oftentimes, 
a real-life black dog. This is the fucking ritual that I think is responsible for all of these things. I don't know where in, like, Christianity or wherever it says to do this ritual to fucking protect your church, but nowhere. this is straight-up, like, black magic bullshit. So It says it nowhere. Nowhere at all. So, yeah, a black dog would be buried under the cornerstone of the church while it's still alive... And the spirit that would result from the dog's death would guard the church. Um, that's okay. Animal number one, cruelty. animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah. Someone called Peter. <laughs> I don't think. Two, this is why I think. Okay, conspiracy. It's all a fucking cult. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, Hello, I mean, sacrifice of an animal to protect your fucking house or place of worship. I mean, the practices in the older days were far weirder, and that was happening in, like, the mid-1500s, so, and yeah, before. It's a cult. It's a cult. Yeah, anyway. Personal so, opinion. Usually these spirits aren't entirely malevolent and are more stationed to guard over the dead or act as an ill omen and then bring spirits of the living into hell. However, there are two particular black dog legends that have creatures described as being openly hostile and aggressive. One being Black Shuck of Essex, the one featured in The Conjuring, uh, con- the the Conjuring Annabelle, Annabelle and the Barghest of York. So, mm. yeah, there have even been a few black dogs that are openly benevolent so friendly the girt dog of somerset was said to watch over children as they played in the area and walk with lone travelers to guard over them and mothers would in the area would let their children out at in the afternoon late or well, not late evening but in the early evening to go and play because they i don't know they all had the belief or have seen this dog and knew that it was guarding them from things happening yeah 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 I don't think so. <laughs> and there was actually one where a... Well, it wasn't created the same as the other black dogs, but there was a dog that came to the rescue of a young girl who was about to be sexually molested by a priest of some kind in a church, and the dog attacked the priest, uh, but ended up dying in the process In and through its death its spirit returned as a black dog and now guards children in the area oh wow I yeah. mean that's kind of what a good dog that's a good boy yeah but of course we don't really want to talk about those we want to talk about the spooky wicky ones so yeah. let's talk about black shark alright so black, yeah, black shark is a name given to the black dog slash hellhound spirit that roams the coastline of East Anglia and the surrounding countryside and this one is more of a straight-up evil one of these black dogs from the British Isles. Black uh, Shuck earned its infamy in 1577, and the entire encounter was recorded by clergyman and writer Abraham Fleming, who was there for one of the accounts. Here's exactly what he wrote about one of the encounters. A strange and terrible wonder wrought very late in the parish church of Bongay, a town of no great distance from the site of or city of Norwich, namely the 4th of this August, in the year of our Lord 1577. In a great tempest, in violent rain, lightning and thunder, the like whereof hath not been seldom seen, with the appearance of an un... of a... 
an horrible shaped thing sensibly perceived of the people then and there assembled. There you go. So there's the... <laughs> it's a fucking struggle reading this yeah. old English yeah. <laughs> writing. Uh, yeah, that... What's that translated into layman's? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll actually have that written down. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't follow along. I'm sorry. But I'll, I'll also give you the second account from the same day in, nine, oh, in 1577. Okay, that's uh, more promising. Two accounts in one which day. Which was talked about. This one gets pretty hectic. Mm. Which was talked about from Fleming himself as well. Uh, on the same day, yeah. There was a similar encounter with Black Shuck at a different church. This black dog or devil in such liness, God he knoweth all who worketh all, running all along down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste, among the people, in a visible form and shape, passed between two persons, as they were kneeling upon their knees and occupied in prayer as it seemed, wrung the necks of them both, at instant clean backward, in so much that even the moment where they kneeled, they strangely died. <laughs> they strangely died. They did. They strangely died. Okay. So, essentially, if you need a modern English trans- <laughs> transcript I, I, of that. I kind of followed along with that one, but I just it totally lost me when the, the um, description of the mutilation. Yeah, yeah. So Black Shuck is said to have been terrorizing people of the Bongay Church during this torrential rainstorm and let itself um, be seen to cause horror and fear to those inside the church, uh, threatening them in a sense. Black Shuck then gets terribly bored with the people cowering in from the storms in this place and heads on to the Holy Trinity Church of Blithberg, uh, upon arriving with a crashing rumble of thunder, Blackshuck burst down the doors of the church, ran through the congregation looking for victims. It found two victims, a father and son, who were kneeled in prayer, and strangled them to death somehow. The son and father immediately died, and Blackshuck ran out the door, but not before striking the door with its claw wreathed in fire, which scorched the door and can still be seen to this day. Wow. Yep. Pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll show you That's in a minute. That's insane. We'll, we'll put that as a reference photo as well for the coming episode. Yeah. Yeah, That's those two are the most famous encounters of Black Shuck, as it was said. But there's other ones of the, the Barghest of York, which is essentially the same, a similar creature, but it's said to like, you know those old English alleyways where there's like two-story buildings mm-hmm. on each side and like tiny little alleyways that like curve yeah, through the buildings. Jack the Ripper would strike. Exactly. It's said that the bar guests would like hunt through there. So you'd be trying to fucking run away down these tiny alleyways and it'd be like <laughs> running behind you. Glowing red eyes. That's insane. Matted fur. That's scary. Doing poops. I mean, I run when mouse chases me. Yeah. Imagine a horse sized dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sherlock Holmes, the book Sherlock Holmes, Hounds of Baskerville was obviously inspired by these tales. And yeah, I think. I definitely think that all of these entities, because there's. I mean, h- how many reports I saw online just in the British Isles alone were like 30 different particular entities, all with different names. And I, they have like a dot map where mm. they ask people and then they like correlated where these encounters were. And it's like 
the whole of fucking England and everything is just like covered in red dots. Oh my god. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much the only place in the world aside from the occasional few in other places. But yeah, that's like the hot spot for these sorts of entities. Jesus. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they I I saw while I was researching as well that they had uncovered the bones of a dog buried on church ground, not buried under a cornerstone, but buried on the church ground itself. Like a very large sort of maybe like a rottweiler or something along those lines. Uh, this was like a, I think a few months ago. But yeah, they uncovered that and they think that that is the cause of one of the hauntings of these kinds that's going on in that area particularly. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Yeah, pretty crazy. That's terrible. It is sad that these animals got killed. Oh. But it's cool that they're spirits. But sad that animals don't. Yeah. But cool that they're spirits. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. That's cool, babe. I liked that. Oh, now I feel bad about doing that. <laughs> I could have gone on for like another 50 minutes about all the different kinds of these hellhounds, but there's just too many. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe I'll do another one some other time. Yeah. That's hmm. a good, it's a good little series you got going there. Thanks. Hellhound Encounters. Hellhound Encounters. <clears throat> Mouse was just sick. Uh, yeah, and then um, um, I almost be sick, cleaning up the sick, <laughs> and then I really had to be. <laughs> All right, we're back. Wait, half time. Any new reviews? No, no new reviews. Did you check already? I'm just really guessing that we don't have any new reviews. Let me let me check. No new reviews to be read, but if you want to leave us a five-star review, we will read out whatever exactly you write in there. Yeah. And give you a sweet shout-out. Thank you for doing that in advance. Cool. All right, on with the show. All right. So this is the haunting of Friendship Manor. Oh, shit. What the hell is this? Friendship Manor? Is that like a Scooby-Doo location? Sounds like it, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, Friendship is a place in Maine, US. Uh, okay. So there's a manor and it's haunted by four distinct poltergeists. Um, following the death of Mr. Whipstaff, the owner of the manor, he left his residence to his daughter, Carrigan, in the mid-1990s. And I'm not laughing. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Mr. Whipstaff and his daughter were like, they were estranged um, for a very long time. She didn't love him. She didn't like him. She was only like old daddy's, you know, little heiress kind okay. of. Okay. Not. Like, I thought you were about to say something really weird. <laughs> no, I was no, like, no, no. wait a minute. No, no, no. She just wanted daddy's money. Um, okay. And he got really, really ill. And in his final days, she only spent time with him to get money. But right. all he left her in the will was this house. Oh, shit. And the house had been abandoned for quite some time because he was ill. So in the meantime, there had been like rumors going around. That there was ghosts and everything there. And like teenagers would go there and they would um, try and get like pictures. And But every claim from like these teens were that they would be run out by an unseen force. Ah, okay. Yeah. So when her and her partner, like, heard the news that all they were getting was this manner, they were, like, really disappointed and blah, blah, blah. But they got yeah. the blueprints and, like, all the other deeds and everything to the place. Yep. And um, 
they discovered um, on inspection of the blueprints that there was like a secret room oh. to the house. So they thought, oh shit, there's got to be something in there, right? Like yeah. this is the secret. Like he wasn't going to leave me with nothing. Like, the treasure room. The, the treasure, exactly. Um, I was in there, a couple of hobos jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the unseen force. Ew. The lust of transience. The walls were oozing goo, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Draining through the wallpaper. <laughs> um, so they, they set out to go to the house in friendship. But when they got there to have a look around, they were only greeted with trickery and torment oh. by presence. Um, they couldn't see it at first, of course, but then they heard like what could be a young boy's voice. Yeah. And their instinct was, oh, it's one of the teen boys. And they yelled out, um, you'll be, like, show yourself or you'll be arrested for trespassing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, this little silhouette of what they thought to be a ghost appeared. Mm. Like, a really, like, a little boy. Yeah. Kind of. um, so they screamed. And apparently that awakened something else entirely oh fuck like a completely other force so i'm like i'm i'm not reading what i wrote that's fine so i can't i'm hooked you're hooked i'm glad um so they reported that it screamed in their faces and made them run to their car in terror and leave the property yeah and they believe that there may have been more than just one entity. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to give up because they wanted money. They wanted all their riches and shit. Yeah. So they decided to get in experts to, like, investigate what was actually going on. They got in, like, even a paranormal investigation team and a priest. And both had tried and ran away in terror. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The only thing they thought that was going to stop the haunting was tearing the place down. So, construction workers were hired, but they all had experienced similar experiences of screams coming from within and forces pushing them out of the residence. So, uh, oh, they even saw four distinct figures, which is why Fuck. it's believed that there are four poltergeists there. Yeah. So, they actually refused to work there and they just left fuck. they left everything and just left they were like no we can't tear this place down like fuck this shit and they all just left so the couple were feeling a bit defeated like what are we gonna do we can't walk in the house we feel like like they felt like they couldn't just be on the property at all yeah you know this presence didn't want them whatever was there until oh shit they Molly, can you not chew your arm right now? Stop chewing your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> so they were staying in a hotel room in in Maine and yeah. all of a sudden the TV kind of like turned on and it was like, oh shit. And there was a news story about a paranormal therapist who was obsessed with trying to talk to the dead because he'd Wow. Yeah, his wife had suddenly died. Yeah. And he just wanted to be able to talk to her again. Right. So he had been traveling from city to city, um, helping people to like help get closure and help any spirits that are left over to pass over because he believed that every spirit is just has unfinished business. Right. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's true. He's a very altruistic guy. Yeah, very true. Um, so his name's Dr. James Harvey. And as soon as Carrigan heard or saw the TV show, the news report, which had reports from like other, oh, from other people saying, oh my God, he's coming to my home and my husband passed away and he helped him. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Testimonials. Yeah, that's it. Testimonials. Thank you. Um, she promptly called Dr. Harvey and he was on his way from Santa Fe, New Mexico to Friendship, Maine with his 13-year-old daughter, Ka- uh, Kathleen. That's a big drive. It's a big drive, right? I don't know US states that well, but I'm fairly certain Maine is up the right side top and um, New Mexico is probably near Mexico. Right, right? <laughs> it is the New Mexico. That's right. It's not the old one. New Mexico to Maine. Which is why he wants to build a wall. That's We've right. already got a Mexico. We don't need another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's it's like complete opposites. It's 2,436 miles apart. Well, they drove. Oh, this dude's keen. <laughs> they fully drove because he was driving from city to city. Right. They weren't flying. He's like, this is easy. Like, I all could... of his stuff just packed up into the back of the car. I can do this. Simple. So his method was to live um, in the place of the haunting or where a suspected spirit is to be and investigate from there. So I already said that he believes all spirits have unfinished business. Um, So Kathleen and Dr. Harvey met up with a couple on the property Mm. um, where Carrigan specifically said that she wanted this resolved quickly, um, not understanding that this isn't the type of thing that can be cured quickly or cured at all. And Dr. Harvey was like, okay, well, I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy doesn't have that much experience. He's just like, I'm just trying to do this so I can talk to my wife again. Like, <laughs> I don't think they actually exist. He's only just gotten his, like, degree in, in paranormal, paranormal shit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, he's a, he's an intern. And he's he's gone around, like, trying to you know, get his internship. I'm pretty sure he was a, just a normal human therapist before right. his wife passed right. away. And then... He's like, time to go to the (laughs) other side. (laughs) The fucking ghosts are like throwing shit at him and he's like, how does that make you feel? Hmm, okay, disgruntled. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so anyway, despite hearing all the stuff that had been going on, Harvey and his daughter move in, uh, Dr. James Harvey, and his daughter move into the manor right away with the intention of doing all they can to rid the house of the suspected entities. Wow. But it didn't take long for things to start happening. Kathleen was setting up her new room when she saw a figure and reported it resembling a young boy. Ah. She screamed for her father, exclaiming she saw a ghost. He jumped into action investigating her... Oh, sorry, her room. I put her the room. (laughs) (laughs) Investigating her room... Um, that she'd chosen to be hers, like in this massive fucking. It has like twelve bedrooms, and of she course she chooses the little boy room. room. Yeah, legit though. Anyway, he encountered the same figure as well. Damn. Right? Can you believe this shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was then reported that the figure began to walk towards him, and he heard a young boy's voice. This only triggered the other entities to awaken and begin their torment. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Dr. Harvey began experiencing weird phenomena like seeing his reflection change right before his eyes into ghostly hearing groans and rumbles from around the house, and experiencing foul smells. Items were being moved around the house, and reports of even swords that were on display in the large um, home had been thrown at him. What the fuck? Leave, sir. <laughs> right? Like, your why therapy, are you staying there? Your therapy like, is nah, not sword proof. I'm gonna talk him. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna talk him out of it. Everything's gonna be okay. Drop that Your sword. session starts now. <laughs> Drop that sword. I'm billing by the hour, so you, you better get crossing to the other side, motherfucker. Um, but eventually, it seems like the entities had grown, grown tired and left him alone for the first evening, mm. except for one. The boy. The boy. Yeah. It seemed that the figure they were seeing was still around and wasn't there to cause any harm. They reported that they could smell breakfast being made in the mornings as if someone wanted to make them feel comfortable. Dr. Harvey attempted to communicate with the spirit to learn more about what is what was going on in the house, but instead was contacted by three other spirits that convinced him they could bring his dead wife's spirit forward. Oh my fucking god, this guy got duped. <laughs> yeah, but it came at a cost, and one that would seem so simple, that they could be left alone, so no one followed the house okay. ever again. But Dr. Harvey was on a mission to get them to pass over he agreed that he would leave if he saw his wife one last time he reported seeing the figure of a woman who sounded like his late wife but upon further inspection it was not that at all it was the entities tricking dr harvey of course at this point it seems there was no hope and these entities weren't leaving anytime soon what he did find out was that they weren't demonic but they were poltergeists who didn't want anyone there in the meantime, Kathleen had been having more encounters with the boy ghost. So while all of that shit was going on, while he was experiencing all of that stuff, she was like getting buddy-buddy with this boy ghost. Right. Um, so she had attempted to speak with him and learn more about him. Where did he come from? How did he die? But she didn't get any answers. So she went exploring up in the attic as you do. Of course. Um, where she found a full playroom of toys. Like, this wasn't a regular attic. Like, it was, like, like the top of the house. But it was, like, a massive fucking room. Yeah, right. And it had all of these toys all set up. And she pretty much just, like, cleaned it and restored it to try and make it look more inviting um, to see if it would bring the boy forward again and um, see if she could learn more. So all of a sudden, a couple of the toys started moving. Like there was a toy train that started going around on its little track. Yeah. And the boy appeared again. Kathleen asked him again, how did you die? She reported movement of a wooden sled, like like the one you would slide down on like a... Yep. Snowy snow hill. Or sand because we don't have snow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Budget snow. The spirit revealed that this was his sled. Oh, it was his sled. Like, he must have lived in that house. That was must have been his playroom. And that was his sled, right? Yeah. So he had died from getting sick. Newspaper articles revealed that a young boy had been playing in the snow and had caught a cold that turned in pneumo- into pneumonia, Aww. in which he died from. The father of the boy had become obsessed with being able to bring his son back from the dead and had attempted to build a machine that could do exactly oh that. my fucking god it's frankenstein <laughs> yeah 
He was declared legally insane, and this is what the article said. McFadden claimed to be haunted by the ghost of his son and had built a machine that could bring him back to life, the Lazarus. The boy's unfinished business was to keep his dad company until he could be brought back, but that never came to be. On the wall of the playroom (laughs) was a clay plaque with a handprint. Written underneath was the name of the boy. Casper. Oh my April Fool's motherfucker! What the fuck? Wait. Wait. (laughs) That was the blood of Casper. Oh my fucking god. What the fuck? You you suck. You've been wanting to April Fool's me. It's last April. It's all fucking coming back to me now. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. Yep, that is stinky fatso. <laughs> that is definitely the fucking plot of Casper. <laughs> <laughs> it is called Whipstaff Manor. Who has the name fucking Carrigan? And her partner a- Dibs, her assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly fucking pointed it out. I know. I saw you raise your hand. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me finish this. Oh, my God. I was, like, (laughs) suspicious the moment they drove 4,500 kilometers to go (laughs) to this manor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Um, God. I thought of doing it because... Our episode's going to come out the 3rd of April, and I thought... April Fool's, everyone. I know April Fool's is the first, but it's close enough. I'm not waiting another two years. (laughs) My cheeks hurt from smiling. I'm shaking. (laughs) Well done, hun. I was captivated by the story up to the point where you said April Fool's. I was like, I fucking got him. (laughs) I was hook, line, and sinker. I'm I'm so glad I could write it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to try and include the last half of the movie where Carrigan dies and Harvey dies. Yeah. And then they bring him back with the machine. I was oh. like, okay, that's just definitely not like. What was the name away. of the machine? Lazarus. Lazarus. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, there we go. April motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what to write about in the fucking description for this show. I'll give the vaguest outline so no one knows it's an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I had to double check to make sure that none none of it was based on anything true. Yeah. You know what a whip staff is? What? It's like the turning mechanism in a boat. Oh. Yeah. Whip staff. I'm pretty sure. I googled whip staff and it came up with a boat. Ah, oh, fucking hell. That was just so fucking so funny. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god, that's why I'm like, you're gonna fucking love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I kept giggling, because I'm like, I'm a terrible liar. Yeah, it all makes sense now. The last week, you saying, I just, I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> you were fucking preparing this. I just wanted to this. tell you so bad that I'm like, I'm gonna April Fool's you. <laughs> Well, that wouldn't be April Fool's if you told I, me. I don't think I've ever done an April Fool's. So oh, really? Was this your first time? I lost my April Fool's virginity to you. <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> oh, my to God. our audience. Oh, my God. Well, And what did you guys think? Was that was that convincing? Was that was good? amazing. That was good. That was a good... Holy fuck. It was a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... If you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, you can at you a Poltergeist, and you can find us on Patreon where you can support us for as little as $1 a month. You can support the show and help us grow and continue making content. Thank you very much. Just cover the plots of movies. Yep. Uh, if you want to follow us on our socials, you can. Mine is Braden Farvash, B-R-A-Y-D-O-N, number 5, A-S-H. Mine's Bambi Maccas, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. And last of all, <laughs> we just wanted to April let you know. Fools, motherfucker. <laughs> and exercise regularly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.